Sam, everyone. Welcome to my commentary, thoughts and perceptions on Chapter 8 with Sai Sacharita. And uh, today is Monday, the 9th of March, and it's a nice, rainy, kind of chilled out vibe happening in Brisbane today, weather-wise, even though it's a work day. Um, yeah, it feels like a lazy Sunday. Um, so, chapter 8 is, um, a nice, a feel-good chapter, really, um, Sai Sacharita basically starts off outlining the importance of human birth, how even the gods aspire to take birth as a human because the human is the only, uh, species that has the opportunity to uh, realize its very nature and uh, merge with that and uh, make that transition from a being with five senses and some scars and, and a body and mind uh, and um, different attributes and then um, transcend that into um, uh, all-pervasive um, consciousness and uh, merge with the with the di- with the divine aspect, which is already within, but just realizing that, and that's why um, the importance of human birth is is such, which has been outlined in the scriptures in many different cultures uh, for so long, as we all know. But if you really think about it on your own personal journey, rather than from a just a generic. Um, description of why it's an important uh, why it's important to to be born as a human and the and the and the opportunity we have therein from your own personal journey when you've had those little glimpses of uh bliss which is what emergence really is um or just realization little glimpses of um acknowledging your own uh, divinity and um just little glimpses of um, profoundness that you have throughout your life and you, you know how good that feels and um, and that's really uh, a beautiful experience for everyone to um, have um, I'm sure as I can only speak for myself but uh, obviously having spoken to others about it and when they have those uh, beautiful experiences it's, there's nothing quite like it so yeah the importance of human birth and then the rest of it is really about Baba's closeness um, with certain devotees and how close he really was to some of them in terms of their relationship, their own inner relationship with him. It's not like he favoured more than others. I mean, maybe that might be the case with some, as outlined, like Sharma and uh, Tatya Kote Patel and all that. And uh, his mother is also mentioned in this chapter, um, Bayer Jabai's service to Baba, how she used to go and roam the jungles and feed him in the early days, and that was her service to him. She realized just how um, divine and how special he was, and she made a point to offer him prasad every day, which is uh, an amazing thing on itself, but then just to have to go and find him every day, roaming the you know the nearby forests and jungles and um and then to offer him his his lunch um that that's an amazing selfless act in itself 
and therefore it's a great example of how um, the parents' um, virtues pass on to the kids in terms of how Baba really favoured her son Tatia um, because I'm sure part of that was the mother's selfless service towards him. Obviously Tatia had to have that within him as well, um, but it's just how that just flowed on, the grace flowed on from one generation to the other. And uh, also Tatia and um, Mahasapati's closeness with Baba, um, spending every evening with Baba and uh, sleeping next to him. Uh, you can imagine the satsangs and the um, great conversations and also the lessons and, you know, tough love they would have got in terms of um, working through their own stuff with Baba and uh, also discussing, I'm sure they had a lot of discussions about all sorts of uh, uh, different subject matters and also the situations of, um, you know, uh, different people they were interacting with on a daily basis and and all the insights they would have got from Baba would have been amazing. It's kind of the the beauty of having that closeness uh, with a guru is that you get all that, you get harsh lessons, you get tough love um, because they have extra expectations from you being so close in terms of um, you assimilating what they've taught you and putting it into practice. And uh, but at the same time, you get these beautiful little gems um, that others may not necessarily get, and uh, fortunately, that um, breeds a little bit of jealousy <laughs> with other de- um, de- devotees who don't get to spend as much time. And um, I think it's just natural; it's just what happens because people want a piece of the guru all the time. Wouldn't have been any different with Baba. And. Um, so yeah, chapter eight is um, a really nice. Uh, also talks about um, Baba's uh, begging rounds. How he used to, you know, um, do his rounds of the village and ask um, certain houses for food, and um, that also was more of a an opportunity and a and, and maybe a test for the locals in terms of who was willing to you know, selflessly um, offer Baba food on a regular basis and um, whose first whose first reaction would have been no or doubt or uh, why has he come again as opposed to whose first reaction would have been um, pleased to see him and, and happy to offer him food. Um, that's always, uh, when anything is asked of you uh, from a selfless point of view, uh, your own first reaction to that is is really your what you should be paying attention to, and and where you may need to um, improve yourself. Um, whether you see it as a grateful opportunity or a inconvenience is um, really what the I feel what um, you're being put to test to of um, how you respond to things, and um, I think. Uh, you know, Baba could have got food in many different ways. I mean, he even cooked himself. Um, obviously, he didn't do that all the time. He, When he wanted to um, feed others, he did the cooking himself, as it's outlined, but um, obviously he didn't cook for himself every day. Well, they probably could have if he really wanted to, but he decided to do the, the rounds and, and, and get his food from the households. 
and um, obviously later on there was no need for that because Prasad was brought in abundance. Uh, the more people came to him in later years, the food was always there. So there's so many little layers and hidden, um, uh, you know, hidden reasons and hidden aspects to why he did things, to why all gurus do things. And um, diving into that is is, is a great uh, is a great sadhana and really understanding why they do certain things you can't fully always understand because they're so multi-layered and multifaceted in terms of um, the techniques they use to show us certain things and teach us certain things. But um, when you pull out little gems of uh, why certain things happen or you realize why certain things happen at, at certain times within your own life and it's also shown to you from other people's lives, it, it's a beautiful thing. So that's Chapter 8 in a nutshell from my perspective, my perception. Um, there's not one chapter in here that's not filled with um, amazing stuff as Hamad Pun has put together so beautifully. And we'll, we'll see you again in the Chapter 9 review. Sairam.